Good morning, everybody. So, how are you today? Good. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for coming today. I think we have lay Dhamma talk today. That is going to give that talk. I would like to invite Tad, please come in. So, <laughs> go over to, to CHA and hit enter. Go over one. There we are. So, it's everything you wanted to, wanted to know about chanting but were afraid to ask by Todd Nielsen. That's me. So feel free to move around if you want to uh, get a better view. And next. So there are, uh, chanting we do is in a language called Pali, which is a dead language. It's an, uh, like uh, Latin insofar as you won't hear anyone walking down the street talking in Pali. Uh, but unlike Latin, Latin has its own alphabet. Pali doesn't have an alphabet. So we have to transliterate it into, uh, well, if we speak English, we transliterate it into uh, the Roman letters. And if you speak Sinhalese, you translate it into Sinhalese letters, and so on and so forth. The other uh, language you probably heard of is Sanskrit, which is um, used mostly in the Mahayana school, uh, Tibet and um, China and Japan for their chanting. So that, okay. So the two, lang two languages are uh, very closely related. Here you see Pali words on the left and Sanskrit words on the right. Most of us are probably more familiar with the Sanskrit words. Here we see nirvana, karma, and dharma. In Pali, those words are pronounced nibbana, kama, and Dhamma, and there's a lot of other examples of that. Okay, so uh, now we're going to go on to pronunciation of the vowels in Pali. This is greatly simplified. If you uh, listen to a lot of Italian opera, which I hope you do, then you're familiar with how the uh, Italians pronounce their vowels. Well, they use the same scheme for um, transliterating Pali. So A, in uh, when we use it to pronounce Pali, it's pronounced as an another, another uh, uh, the uh sound. And then E is uh, pronounced like uh, as an end. I is pronounced uh, what we'd call long, so it's E as an ink or ski. Oops. And then O is pronounced O as an own. And U is pronounced as in prudent or oo, the oo sound. And then finally there's a Y is pronounced like Y as in yet or Tokyo, yeah, the yeah sound. So those are the uh, vowels. And, oops, back up one. And then uh, also greatly simplified are the consonants. So K is pretty easy. It's as in cat or keen. However, KH, if you see a word in Pali that has a KH, 
then you have to pronounce both the K and the H. So it's so it's like as in black hat, K. And G is a also straightforward as G gate gate. But then it oops. Yes, uh, sorry, one more. Sorry about that. And then there's C. Um, they use C. Uh, it's pronounced as a ch. So C's are pronounced as in ch, church, but never as a, as a k, because we already have a k. So we use C's as a ch sound. And then again, if you have a ch, then we want to pronounce both letters as in witch hazel or ch. It's a little difficult. And then N with a tilde over it is pronounced as in Spanish, as in canyon or senor. So the vowel that follows the N with a tilde over it has a Y inserted before the vowel. So T is in, as in ten, that's easy. But TH is not pronounced as we pronounce in English the or they, it's pronounced huh. So, as an ant hill, or Sujatha. So his name isn't Sujatha, it's Tujatha. And other uh, names that have a TH in it. In, so, never as in they. Okay, Pante. So D as in dig. You have a question? Whack, whack. <laughs> we forgive you. Well, some of us do. <laughs> so D is pronounced uh, D as in dig. That's pretty straightforward. Pardon me. <coughs> but D-H again is pronounced as in D, sorry, as in madhouse. So you try to pronounce a D in the H madha, the. Okay. So P is pronounced as pat or pinch. PH, though, is not pronounced as an F, as in photo. It's pronounced P, as in top hat. P, so never as in photo. So B is in back or bite. B-H, a little difficult, as an abhorrence, abhorrence, bah. So V is a sound difficult for English speakers to hear the difference, but the V is a sound somewhere between V as in vain and W as in wane. So uh, when you hear the monks chanting, when they pronounce the V, you'll hear a sound that you're not familiar with, and it's a sound between V and W, sort of uh, um, you, you just have to try as best you can <laughs> to pronounce uh, that word, or that letter. Yeah. And then when we have double consonants, you try to pronounce both of the letters. So, boot and duh, or sabba sata. Although sometimes it's almost impossible. For example, in Dhamma, it's hard to separate the two M's. So buddha 
sabba or satta. You can take a little pause, sometimes that works. Or you can insert a little N sound, that's what I do. And also try to pronounce all the H's, so Dhamma, Buddha, Sangha. Uh, it's also difficult to do all the time. <clears throat> By the way, um, these are the three jewels, Buddha, which is, of course, the Buddha. The Dhamma is his teachings, and the Sangha is the um, collection or the uh, congregation of his practitioners. So this is, if you want to look in your chanting book, this is a good time to do it. Um, this is uh, Namo, so here, Ah, Namo, Tasa. This is difficult to separate the two S's. Bhagavato, so there's that pesky V in there. So you might hear Bhagavato or Bhagavato, Arahato, Samma, Sam, Buddhasa, so Buddhasa. A little difficult to pronounce, but we can aspire to do it correctly. Of course, that means homage to the Blessed One, the Enlightened One, the fully perfected Buddha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here the, we see two C's in the first word, Anicca. So also difficult to pronounce two CH sounds in a row, but we can try. And there's that pesky V again, Vata Sangha. So it's good like when you see a K and an H like that to separate into two um, syllables, Sankhara, Uparavaya, Damino, Upajitwa. So it's not Jitwa, it's Jitwa. Nirujahanti, Tesang, Wupasamo, Sukko. And there's the pronunciation, I mean the uh, translation. Okay. So this is also difficult. We should try to separate the two Bs and the two Ts. Sabbe, Sata, Awera, Hontu. It's not Hantu, it's Hontu. Sabe sata abhya paja hontu. Sabe sata anigha hontu. Sabe sata suki anatam pariharantu. If an M, it's, uh, if an M as in anatam, the second to last Pali word, if it comes at the end, it's pronounced very nasally, almost like an NG, so it's anat. Sorry, Atanang, Atanang, Pariharantu. So that's uh, translated there. Okay. Maybe that's the last one. No, it's not. So this is the uh, um, mind is a forerunner of all states, the thing we um, recite also. And if you remember, dukkha is suffering. Dukkha starts with a D, so the first um, time we recite this particular verse, we use D, Dukkha, and Padutena. Can, uh, Asaji, can you flip it to the next one? So I've underlined the words that change in each of these two um, recitations of this stanza. 
So as you see here, <coughs> pardon me, Padutena will change in the next recitation, Dukkha will change, and then the last line will change. Okay, next one. So here we see, yeah, that's right. So here we see the letters that change. Pasanena, Sukha. Sukha is happiness, so S comes after D. So this is the second recitation of the um, stanza. And I should say, back up a little, I'm trying to memorize all these chanting so I don't have to flip through the book every time. <clears throat> so that's why I'm sort of being very persnickety about these pronunciations. And so the last, pasanena and sukha, is what changes. And also the last line, last line chayawa anapayena. <coughs> Pardon me. Okay. So the cheat sheet for we believe you're on your own. So sometimes, if there's a lot of people here, you can sort of fudge it because you can listen to what they say. If there's not a lot of people, then you're probably good or it's probably better to open your book and read it right out of the book. Um, there's one, there is one thing you can cheat though, if I can find the line. Where is it? We believe generosity has many levels. Think generously, speak generously, act generously. So if you think of physically where those things are, you think with your brain and you speak with your tongue and you act with your hands. So it's easier to remember, think, speak, and act. Okay, next one. <clears throat> So for my wish, um, I have a uh, I have this unnerving things that happen. Whenever I'm with Bhante Sujata, like in Pennsylvania or somewhere far away, he asks, Todd, can you recite my wish? And sort of puts me on the spot. So I had to memorize this thing, this uh, list. And if you um, look at the first two lines, they start with PG, as in pregnant, and so a lot of things start with pregnancy, right? So that's easy to remember, PG. <laughs> and then you have to do these things. And so, <laughs> so the next three lines uh, is SL, <laughs> sorry, SHSL, shizzle. So that's sort of easy to remember. And then the last two ones are the P and an S, as in PS, as in postscript. So they come at the end. So uh, it's a re it's, uh, helps to remember that protector, guide, a ship, sanctuary, a lamp, and a place and a servant. And then the rest of it sort of falls into place after you memorize it. Okay. So the temple has an informal chanting group, affectionately known as a polyphonics that chants part of Sutta or Gata on Vesaka Day. This year we are chanting the ETP Sobhagava, which enumerates the nine qualities of the Buddha. Bhante Bhadya is our teacher, who's right here, and sometimes assisted by the other monks, and Vimala Bhikkhuni serves as a chant master on Vesaka Day. So we meet for 10 or 15 minutes after most Saturday meditation sessions. 
So please join us. We are already studying for next year. That's it. Um, I'm going to read. Re <laughs> Actually, that's not it. I'm going to read real, real quickly uh, the value of Parita, in other words, chanting. But this is written by Venerable Bhante Piyadasi. So recent research in medicine in experimental psychology and what is still called parapsychology has thrown some light on the nature of mind and its position in the world. During the last 40 years, the conviction has steadily grown among medical practitioners that very many causes of diseases, organic as well as functional, are directly caused by mental states. The body becomes ill because the mind controlling it either secretly wants to make it ill <clears throat> or else because it is in such a state of agitation that it cannot prevent the body from sickening. <clears throat> Whatever its physical nature, resistance to, to disease is unquestionably correlated with the psych physiological condition of the patient. Mind not only makes us sick, it can also cure. An optimistic patient has more chance of getting well than a patient who is worried and unhappy. The recorded instances of faith healing includes cases in which even organic diseases were cured almost instantaneously. In this connection, it is interesting to observe the prevalence in Buddhist lands of listening to the recital of the Dhamma or the doctrine of the Buddha in order to avert illness or danger, to ward off the influence of malignant beings, to attain protection and deliverance from evil, and to promote health, prosperity, welfare, and well-being. So that's the power of chanting. And that's the end. So thank you all. And yeah, it was wonderful talk, right? You learn about chanting. Huh? Actually, we can see so many directions to concentrate our mind. So many people are counting mala beads. It can concentrate your mind, right? Uh, so, in, and some people, you know, use a, you know, ringing bell. It can concentrate your mind. And some, some people counting breaths. One, two, three, four, like that. It can concentrate your mind. And also, this chanting can concentrate your mind. Exactly. Because I have so many experiences about that. If my mind goes to out of the breath or meditation, I always chant out loud. Then I can come to back to the breath or meditation. Okay, I can teach you. Okay, please close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths. Relax your whole body and mind. Just listen. Enjoy this chant. Concentrate your mind. <clears throat> 